I've been following with some fascination the events which unfolded after the Queen's death. Now I say the Queen because for those of us in the English-speaking world, there is one Queen we all think of when we say the Queen. And besides, she was really, really, really old and had been Queen for quite a long time. I've been following the events as they unfold, not every minute because I have children and a job and things to do outside of watching her grandson stand vigil around her coffin for four hours, which you can do courtesy of the live stream of the coffin on YouTube. But I have been watching bits and pieces. I happened to be in a place where I was needing some distraction while doing a routine task. You know, the kind of task which is basically sorting and copying and pasting. So I watched the Scottish Parliament give official condolences to the new king and his queen consort. It was really weird. Really strange. I say that not just as an American who is duly skeptical of monarchies in any system which isn't ours, quite frankly, because it's the one I know. It was deeply weird and strange on a human level. Think about it. Your mother has just died. A mother who, by all accounts, you are close to, whose advice you treasure, who has been around for 73 years of your life. Your mother dies and you turn around, and not only do you have to take over the family business, but everyone is calling you by a different name. Then, of course, you have to go on a multi-country tour designed to stabilize the family business, assure everyone that, yes, you can do this job, and give everyone in those countries an opportunity to tell you, very formally, and while you wear a ridiculously uncomfortable-looking outfit, how sorry they are your mom just died. Oh, and by the way, congratulations. You now have a new job you didn't really want in the first place. The leader of each party got to make such a condolence speech. One of the members of the Scottish Parliament, I can't remember his name, I think it was Ross gave a very good speech which recognized the elephant in the room. All of this was an accident. It was an accident of birth. It was a quirk of history. No one should have been in that room that day saying these words. This member acknowledged King Charles was king because he happened to be born to the queen, and he was a member of Scotland's parliament because he happened to be born in Scotland, and all of us in America enjoy immense privileges because we were born here in a prosperous country where we don't have to be worried about clean drinking water. Well, unless we live in Flint, Michigan or Jackson, Mississippi. Those people don't get to enjoy all the blessings we do, I guess. Anyway, it's all an accident of birth, this kingship thing. Mr. Ross wasn't criticizing him or putting him down or anything of the like. He was doing what he was supposed to be doing. Consoling the king, who was only a king because of an accident of birth. And so the overwhelming emotion I had was pity. Pity for the human being underneath the crown who had to stand up and perform for the world hours after his mother died. We don't get to choose our families or choose our circumstances. J.R.R. Tolkien put the words in the mouth of his character Gandalf, but it doesn't make them any less true. It is not up to us to decide the times we are born. 
only what to do with the time we are given. Abraham was the last of his family line. His great time seven grandfather Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, who were very naughty boys. Through their actions, they brought a curse upon the family. There was some drunkenness and debauchery, which, come to think of it, Noah had a bit of a hand in. And two of the family lines were cursed, and so Abraham found himself the lone survivor of a withered family tree. Abraham was chosen by God because of the family he happened to be born into, and this choosing came with a tremendous burden. Abraham, who at this point had no children, had to bless the entire earth and produce generations upon generations who would be faithful to God. This is a pressure which, if you are the only son in the family, you might understand. It's a pressure to continue the family line, to carry on the family name, to continue along the family destiny. Abraham was chosen by God for a reason. The Bible calls this election, and Romans 8 lays it out pretty clearly. Those who God knew, God elected, and those who God elected, God equipped for service. Abraham was blessed to be a blessing. Now, Presbyterians like me lately have developed a bit of guilt about this chosen language. It was a running joke for years in our church, the frozen chosen, though we are beginning to unthaw a bit and use the word spirit occasionally in worship. But election and choosing and all of that isn't something we should feel guilty about. It's something which we should receive with trepidation, responsibility, and honor. Chosenness, election, doesn't have anything to do with whether or not you are a good person or whether or not you get into heaven. It doesn't make you better or more faithful or stronger or prettier. Chosenness, election to God's work, is about doing the work, about being a blessing. The Bible is full of chosen people who are pretty crummy morality-wise. Abraham, shortly after this story, sells his wife to the Egyptian pharaoh because he's in fear of his life. You've always wondered how much say Sarah had in that plot. King David has a laundry list of issues and morality problems. Paul was kind of a mean dude, and Peter kept denying Jesus over and over and over again. And even Judas was called by God for a specific task. And all did some pretty crummy things. Abraham was elected and chosen by God to be the beginning of a great nation. And it turns out he's the beginning of three. It's not a blessing to bask in this chosenness. It's a responsibility, a weight. And it may find you doing strange things like moving to another country or pretending to listen to the 15th speech in a row about how sad our country is for you and for your loss. Abraham was chosen by God to be a blessing to the world. But this was more of a burden, a responsibility, than something to lord over. Chosenness is not about a life that you get to choose. 
So much of the circumstances of our lives are out of our control. Chosenness is about the fact that God has a job for you to do. And some days it's going to feel like a burden. and You're going to be an unhappy warrior. Some days it might feel like a blessing and you'll be more excited and on fire for God. And some days you're just putting one foot in front of the other. But either way, God has a job for you to do. You are a chosen person, a child of God. And whether or not you're excited about the task, you are called to be a blessing. So go and do it. God bless.